Father, we love you because you first loved us. Come on, church. We're not praising the cowboys or some person this morning. We're shouting to God. The power is in his name this morning. He's worthy this morning. Hallelujah. We give you glory, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. As you sit down, tell someone next to you, this is where God wants you to be. Amen. You're in the right place. Praise God. Well, those are my daughters that I'm very, they're my pride and joy. Amen. I thank God for the beautiful voices they have, but even more the anointing that they have to praise God. And I'll tell you what, they live it. They live their lives unto God. And I'm so thankful for that this morning. And uh, God is in this place this morning. Amen. We're excited to be back this morning from conference. I want everybody that went to conference just to stand. We have a lot that are out in the nursery and Sunday school and children's church. But if you went to conference, just stand that's in here. Amen. How many know that God did a great thing in us this week? Amen. And we brought it back. Praise God. You can be seated again. Thank you. Like I said, we have a lot of workers that are back in the back that are that went to. I think we had with kids and everything all around 40 of us went. And it was an amazing conference. And if you haven't gone you got a year to start planning, amen, for next year to go. Uh, some told me this morning they've already put it on their calendar for next year. you got a year to ask off and get there. So we'll take the whole church, amen, and have to, you just have to shut down here. But God, God moved here as well, amen. I know there was a good turnout Wednesday night. I want to thank everybody for coming out. And uh, I think some of you guys were able to catch the podcast or the live stream from the church. It was really neat. If you didn't get to hear them, or if you did and you want to listen to them again, they did something really different this year that was awesome. They live stream all the services, meaning that you can watch it live at that moment, but they recorded the audio. But they actually this year, I didn't even notice they did this, but they actually put the recordings also uh, on, the, on the webcast in Czech, which that doesn't help us at all, but they put them in Spanish. So all the messages from the entire week are on there in Spanish for anybody who has friends or family or even if you're here and you understand Spanish better, they're all there in Spanish. So there's about 17 messages from this last week. And so I encourage you to go to vwonow.com. That's our home church website. And uh, check out those messages and get them, get them on your phone. Listen to them on the way to work. Amen. Listen to them all week long and just get that word in you. Amen. If you missed out, there were so many amazing messages all week long from pastors all around the world. And uh, we started two churches this week. Amen. We started one in Longmont, Colorado, a new church, and we started a new church in Moscow, Russia. Amen. So we give God praise for those two new churches. And uh, God is continuing to move in our fellowship. If you don't know about our fellowship, we've got magazines as you leave this morning and are going out right there at the door. There's a little thing that has magazines called Shout Magazines. And, and if you are new or you're visiting or you're trying to find out what we're about as a church, just grab one of those magazines and take it with you. And um, you'll learn that uh, we're more than just one church. We're a worldwide church, amen. We know there's a church of Jesus Christ, but we're, we, th we think that our fellowship is special, amen. The, ch the churches that we belong to, and anybody that went to conference was able to see Robert. There's Robert back there. See what they look like. They got our pastor, our head pastor, and his wife on them. Please take one of those if you don't have one. There's amazing testimonies in there. There's different uh, things, uh, principles about all kinds of ways to walk strong with the Lord. 
We're always trying to do everything we can to make everybody stronger in their walk. Amen? Get your Bibles open, if you would, to 1 Kings 17, Old Testament, after First and Second Samuel. And I want to preach a message this morning that I believe is going to bless you and help you in your walk with the Lord. I believe everybody in here wants a testimony. How many want to have a testimony of what God has done for you? Some of you have one already. Some of you are working on one. Some of you are work in progress. Some of you are working on a new one. Um, there's all kinds of different areas and, and situations with us. And I'm not talking about the testimonies that we can say, God gave me a new job. That's a testimony. Or God gave me uh, a, you know, a raise. Or, or God gave me a healing in my body. Those are testimonies. But I'm talking about the general overall testimony of your walk with God. Amen. Your walk with the Lord that is to bring glory to his name. And so I know we love testimonies. Everybody loves victories. Nobody likes defeats. I, you know, I, I, when I play basketball, I don't like to play with people who, don't, who like to lose. I don't like to be on their team. They're okay with losing. I don't want to play with them. Amen. I like to win. If I lose, I lose, but I don't like to lose. Amen. How many know if you like to lose, that's not good? Are you all here this morning? That's not a good quality to like to lose. Taking a loss is, is, is one thing, but liking to lose is, is not good. God didn't call us to lose. Now, we're going to have some times where we're going to have some defeats. We're going to have some blows, but we don't have to like them. And we like the victories more. We like the testimonies more. But the problem is, is we don't understand sometimes to have a testimony, we have to have the test. To have the, the victory, we have to have the battle. And I really want to show you an awesome story here in 1 Kings chapter 17. Um, about Elijah and I really want you just to focus on this man's life this morning take some good notes and, and grab something out of this for your life this will help you tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday Thursday, next week, next month all the time, this will be one of those messages that you can use over and over again to continue to grow in the Lord, um, as you're getting there and re reading, we're going to read in verse 1 tonight if you want to know what God did in this conference, you got to come back. We're going to have amazing testimonies tonight. Our service is going to be uh, one big message from the testimonies of what God did and all the people that went to conferences' hearts. And so you don't want to miss out on that tonight. So come back at 6 and, and join us and, and see what God did. Let's look at verse 1. Elijah says, verse 1 of chapter 17 of 1 Kings, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, now let me say something before I keep reading. Have you ever wondered why they say that all these names and places? Have you ever just wondered that? Like, can't they just say Elijah? Well, one of the reasons is, is it's a credibility to the fact that this is not just a story that's made up. Sometimes people ask, is the Bible real? You know, how, or how do we know that this is God's word? How do we know that this is, you know, those questions come around. Well, there's a reason why God is so specific with names. Because we can go back in history and find that there was a man named Elijah, the Tishbite, who inhabited in Gilead and, 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 and knew Ahab. So they use these names. Don't get bored with the names. I, I learned that a lot of years ago that I used to get bored. Like, man, let's just skip the names. Well, those names are important. Amen. You wouldn't want your name to be skipped. Let me know if you were in a movie, even if you were the 50th um, extra out of 49, you would want to wait till that movie was over, and you'd wait in the fine print, and you'd be watching to make sure they put your name in there, right? I mean, you'd want to be in there, and you say, hey, watch. 
And they'd say, where were you at in the movies? Don't worry about it. My name's on the scroll. You'll see it at the end. Amen? It might have been the back of your head. But there's names in there on purpose, and, they, and, the, and every name means something. And so just under, there's a little nugget for you. Amen? Elijah the Tishbite, inhabitant of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, God says to him, There shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. And for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up. And there had been no rain in the land. Father, for the next few minutes, I want to thank you for bringing in these special people this morning to hear your word. Lord, we are the privileged ones this morning to be in your house. We are the privileged ones to be able to read your Bible and your words this morning as truth and as life. And God, we ask that your words would be my words and that you'd anoint the ears that are going to hear these words this morning so that we can learn something and apply it to our lives, something that will change us, transform us, and teach us how to walk with you, Father. And devil, we, we know that you're real too, but you're defeated. And we know that you don't like us being here. We know that you don't like us giving our lives to Jesus. But we remind you this morning that you're defeated by the blood of Jesus and that you have no power over us and you cannot hinder any person in this place from receiving the word of the living God. And we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Tell someone next to you, God's going to speak to you this morning. You believe that? This word is not for the person next to you. It's for you. It's for me. It's for me. God has something in this. Now, I want you this morning as you're listening and and you're taking notes and you're reading, I want you to really understand that when we focus and we pay attention and we're reading a story, the Holy Spirit of God wants to speak to us as we're reading. This isn't school. This isn't school where we have to try to retain to pass a test. This is, this is words of life. And when we listen and we read and, and you allow the Holy Spirit to, to touch your heart, he will begin to speak things to you individually. The Word of God is the most amazing book in the world. It's this, this thing is so alive and so real that I'm going to preach this message right now, and it's going to minister to every single person here, no matter what your situation or need is, from, from, from a needing a job to needing healing from cancer to having depression to having marital problems to being to being down to being doesn't matter what it is this word is going to hit every single area cuz that's how alive the word of god is i've had people come up to me before and and i know what they were going through and i don't know what everybody's going through cuz that's the other flip side is sometimes people say hey did you tell pastor about me you told him what was going on huh i, I hear that sometimes they think that we everybody's telling the business we're, that's not the case it's the holy spirit 
But I've had people come up to me and tell me, man, that word really touched me. I mean, I've, had, I've preached on finances before, on, on tithing. Have someone come up to me and say, man, God, Pastor, while you were preaching, God healed my leg. I'm like, I was preaching on finances. How did that happen, you know? And just, just something totally out of the blue. They got something out of the message that I wasn't even going there. But the Bible is so amazing that it hits every area of our lives, amen? And when we really pay attention, we really get something out of it. Some of us here this morning are on our 18th message of the week. Amen, and it gets better and better every time because we love the Word of God, amen? We're excited to be listening to life-changing messages, amen? And so let's, as you read this, pay attention and, and, and don't just read it as a story because there's some powerful things in here. Elijah's told by God, get away from here. I want you to write two things down in this beginning here. Two things we see in the life of Elijah. Number one, he says, go hide. Now, that's, that, that's kind of weird. You don't see that a lot in the Word of God. A lot of, you know, we just came off a conference that says stand firm. And so we're supposed to stand. We're supposed to fight. We're supposed to be bold. Serving God is not for, for weak people, if you didn't know that. Amen. If Some people think, man, if I serve God, I'll become weak. No, when you serve God, you become strong. When you don't serve God, you're weak. Amen. This, this, this walk is not for weak people. It's for strong people. It, it takes more strength to live for God than it does to live for the world. Amen to the devil. So this isn't for weak people, but he says, go hide. So it's kind of weird. Well, God, why do you want me to hide? And I'm going to show you in a second. And then in, in this same story here, in these same verses, and we're going to read in a minute, he's going to say, go show yourself. So we see two parallels. Go hide, go show yourself. But the first one, he's saying, go hide yourself. Right here in these first few verses, talking about the dry brook of... of uh, Cherith. So he says, I want you to go to this brook. Now, I, I, I thought about something this morning. There's a saying, hopefully I can get this right. You step over a brook, jump over a stream, wade through, uh, uh, what's the other one? No, river's the swim one. There's one more. Stream, brook, creek. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me go back. You step over a brook, you jump over a creek, you wade through a stream and you swim through a river. Okay? That's the sizes of, I said it wrong the first time. That's the sizes, okay? So a brook is the smallest. A brook is just barely, barely water, but it's making its way through, through land and it's going to a, a bigger river, in this, in this case, the Jordan. And so we need to understand God doesn't need a lot to do something with us. A lot of times we think, man, I need a big miracle. I need a big sign. I need big provision. And God says, I'll give you that big thing in a minute, but I need you to trust me in the little thing real quick. So I want you to go, not to the Jordan, but I want you to go to the brook Cherith. That little thing you can step, or so small you can step over it. So that's how big that brook is. And I want you to sit there, and I'm going to water you with that brook. And I'm going to send ravens to feed you. It's kind of weird, huh? For us, it's weird that a, that a bird would come feed us. But see, we don't relate that to our walks and our, our daily lives where God brings provision from places that are not normal. The Bible actually says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. 
That means God can take the riches of the wicked and the finances of the wicked and the provision of the wicked and lay them in the hands of God's people, amen, and provide for them with, with what, what they're not even expecting to be used by. God can use anything, amen? So he sends him to this brook, and he says, I want you to go there. And so Elijah in his human self is thinking, okay, God, I'll go to the brook, Cherith. I'll, I'll let you lead me. The, the sign of the brook is leading. The Holy Spirit leads us. Okay, it leads us. We need to learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. We need to be learned to learn to listen to the voice of God. So God tells Elijah, go to this brook and, and, and you'll, be, you'll be watered and you'll be fed by the ravens. And so he goes. And so he does what the Bible says in Proverbs, sorry, Psalms 37, 3. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. How many have got some desires here this morning? When you delight yourself in God, God will give you the desires of your heart. When you trust in the Lord, see, God will send us to things like this, the brook, to see how much we trust him, to see how much we really rely on God. This morning, right now, you might be in a place where you're thinking, man, I need a miracle. I, I need a financial miracle. I need a marital miracle. I need a physical miracle. I need all of the above. Amen. You, whatever you need, you might be thinking, I don't know what's going to happen. And you know what's so cool about serving God? When you're in that place, you're in a good place. Because God majors in miracles. Amen. God majors in the impossible. And God loves to show himself powerful. But God loves to let us be tested. You know why he loves to be, let us be tested? Because it pleases him when we express faith. Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you have everything going in your life perfect every day, every week, every month, there's no place for you to prove to God that you have faith. So sometimes we look at the struggle or the trial as a bad thing instead of saying, man, God, this is a good opportunity right here for me to show you I trust you. So he goes to the brook and he could have said, uh, Lord, I'd rather go to the Jordan. There's a lot more water there. But he says, go to the brook Cherith. And it's a specific place. He didn't just say, go to a brook. I mean, no, sometimes we can be at the wrong brook. We can be at the wrong place. And God wants to provide for us, but we're not in the right place. He said, go to the brook Cherith. Specific name. He's there. He's drinking. He's being fed. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the water stops flowing. How many of you have ever been there? The water stops flowing. He's not doing anything wrong. He's actually doing something right. He's obeying. He's in the right place. Come on, somebody's going to get this. Amen? He's in the right place. He's doing the right thing. He's obeying the Holy Spirit, and the water dries up. We think sometimes when things go wrong, we're doing something wrong. We want, well, God, what must have I done wrong? Elijah didn't do anything wrong. He's in the right place. He's at the right time. He's doing what God told him to do, and he's drinking to that brook, and probably one day he wakes up and goes to get some water, and even that tiny little brook that he could step over is now dry. You know what he could have done? He could have ran down to the Jordan. So that's what a lot of people do when things begin to go wrong. They leave where God told them to be. 
and they go someplace else. I've seen so many people over the years. You know, we come back from conference every year. This is my 16th year of going to a conference in October. And I have seen over the 16 years people come and people go. I've seen people be involved in ministry. I've seen people disappear. I've seen pastors go out and start churches, and they're gone today. They're not serving the Lord anymore. We, we send people out sometimes, church, to go do a work, and they never tell us when they get there what they're doing, and we never hear from them again. They, that, that brook dries up, and they run to another river. Amen? That's what we do sometimes in our lives. We, we, it's not working at this place. Some people say, I'm not getting fed at that place. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not getting, uh, you know, I'm thirsty. I'm not getting any water at that place. Did God tell you to move? Come on. When God tells you to move, you move. But when God tells you to stay, you stay. And so we see this brook dry up. Go to 7 again. It says it happened after a while. The brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. So right there, Elijah could have put himself in a big problem and he could have had a big issue, but he waited. And then look at verse 8. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to him. See, this morning while you're here, the word of the Lord's coming to you right now. You're, getting, you're going to get a word that's going to guide your steps this week. And it's not my words, amen. It's the words of the living God this morning, power, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And you're going to get a word from God, and he's going to speak to you, and he's going to answer the questions you have this morning. Amen? And in and, and, and that, and that brook of, of listening to the Holy Spirit, Isaiah says, 48, 17, The Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, he says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. Over 24 years, this week I turned 24 in the Lord. Over 24 years of serving God, I can tell you many, many times that I wanted to go do my thing. I wanted to go my way. And any times over the years that I have gone my way, I've said this a million times, I get what I can get myself. We can get stuff for ourselves. We can, we can provide we can make it happen. Some, some of you in here are that kind of people. You're going to make it happen. You're going to push. You're going to grind. You're going to get it done. But you're not going to get what God get, can give you. You're going to get what man can give you. But when I've seen the Lord speak to me and tell me to do something and I've obeyed his voice, I, it's always amazing what God gives me. That's so much better than what man can give me. Amen. Every time I hear the voice of God and listen to him and he tells me, stay at that brook. And I say, Lord, it's dried up right now. And he says, don't move till I tell you to move. And so verse 8 says, then the Lord, word of the Lord came saying, arise. Now he says, okay, now you can get up and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now, this is kind of going from bad to worse, this story here. He's already at a brook, which is only big enough to step over. Amen. We want the Jordan. We want the big, we want to swim. We want lots. So he's at a brook. It dries up. And then he says, now I'm going to have a widow provide for you. I mean, oh, most widows don't have much. Okay, they, they, they don't, they're, they're widows, 
they were left with nothing most of the time. In the Bible especially, it doesn't mean a man couldn't have left an inheritance to his wife, but that inheritance goes real fast because the kids get it and everybody else gets it. But this widow, he says, I want you to go to a widow now. See, God will do things for you. He'll tell you to do things that don't make sense to you. When God tells you to do something that makes sense, it's probably not God. Because God will tell you to do something that seems crazy. And when it's God, there's provision behind it. Supernatural provision. And that's what we're going to see in just a second here. Amen? So let's look what he says. Go there and a widow's going to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there. And it gets worse more. Gathering sticks. He's probably praying on the way, Lord, let this be the widow of a mighty man of, of, of wealth. Oh, let this be a nice house. Let this be a place I can rest. And he goes and God says, there she is, gathering sticks. Gathering sticks. Meaning there's no servant gathering the sticks for her. Meaning there's no big old house that he's going to lay up in. He says, that's her? God says, yep. Now how many knows there could have been another widow that he had heard about? He said, now I'm going to go over there because that, that you said a widow. I, I'm going to go to that widow. Come on, church. This is what we do. We do what we want to do. And if we do that, we miss out on the end result. We are so good at doing what we want to do. And God says, I want you to go to this widow. He says, he says, he says that's the one. And he says, indeed, a widow was gathering sticks, verse 10. And called to her, he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I might drink. And as she was going to get it, he called her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So he's hungry. He's coming from the brook. He's thirsty. He's coming from the brook, and the ravens have left because there's no water, so there's no food, so he's hungry. And so the first thing he does when he sees this widow is, hey, can I get a drink, and can I get some food? Amen? Y'all with me? And so she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. And he's going, great, wonderful. Thanks, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your wonderful provision. Come on. Y'all here? Y'all following this story? This isn't exactly how you would think it would go. I don't have any bread. And so right there, God, Elijah could say, uh, God, am I hearing you right? What are you doing here? There's, there's moments where we go back to one where we trust I don't understand what God's doing right now. It was mentioned this last week, not in the conference, but here, someone giving their testimony, I think it was Dana, where she's learned that when you stay in something long enough, you begin to see God speak and teach, and you begin to see God provide. When you don't stay in it long enough, you don't ever get to see God provide. If you're in here and you're a new believer and you've just recently given your life to the Lord and you're excited about what God's doing in your life, don't run back to the world at the first thing that comes at you as a problem. Don't run back to the old ways. Don't think God's not with you. Don't think God doesn't love you. Don't think God failed you. He's letting you go through something. He's wanting you to understand his provision, his Holy Spirit, his leading. 
And so here again, now this is a mighty man of God. We know Elijah is not just any old Christian. But you don't just become a mighty man of God. You get to become a mighty woman or man or woman of God by experience. By experience. You don't wake up a mighty man or woman of God. You become more of a mighty man or woman of God every time you go through a trial and come out of it victorious. Amen. Every time you gain experience. And so she, he says, I don't, she goes, I don't have any bread. I got a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And listen to this. It gets worse. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I might go in. Watch this. And prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Wow. Thanks, God. What am I doing here? God, what am I doing here? I need to eat. I am your mighty man. I need to eat. You are the owner of the cattle on a thousand hills. Can you not send me to like Solomon's house? Can, can you not send me to, to, to the rich person? There's a big house right over there. Right there. That big house. You know, you know them. Come on. There's probably roast. There's probably turkey. There's probably pumpkin pie in there. There's probably coffee and juice. Lord, over there. Not here. What is this? What is this? You want me? This is the one. Come on. Remember we get to places where we wonder, God, am I in the right place? What's going on here? Trust. Taking notes, the first one, if you missed it, was trust. Listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and trusting in Him. So she says, I don't have food. All I have is a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil, and I'm gathering these sticks to have our last supper. And then we're going to die. But thanks for asking. So Elijah's thinking, hmm. But something comes into him that comes into us called boldness, called faith, called trust. And he says in verse 13, see, God, God needs us to start believing what he says in his word and taking it for as it is and speaking it like we believe it, not like we wonder if it works. When you begin to understand that God's word works and you begin to speak it like it works, things begin to happen. It don't matter how long you've been saved. It don't matter if you've been saved today or 20 years. It's the same word. All you need is word and faith. Faith and word. Word and faith. Faith and word. God's word, your faith. Miracles. What? You mean I ain't got to go to some kind of class or some kind of... No. God's word and your faith makes miracles. Amen? God's word and your faith makes miracles it's not a potion it's truth so he says do not fear go but but he does something crazy here see when God's asking you to do something for him he asks you to do some crazy things sometimes like when he says go speak to that person about the Lord and you say what person that person my boss my boss that police officer, that, that, that person, that, that, that lawyer, that doctor, that, that teacher, 
That homeless person, that person, you want me to go talk to that person? He says, yeah. I want, he tells us bold things to do. So watch what he does. He says, I want you to not fear. He says, go and do as you said. Go get your flour. Go get your, 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 your oil. Go get your sticks. But then he says, but make me a small cake first. Isn't that crazy? Who does that? Because God's telling him to say that. Y'all picturing this? This widow just said, I only have enough food for me and my son to make a small cake and eat it and die. And this man says, instead of making it for you and your son, I want you to make it for me first. How many are starting to see how two lives are coming together here? And God's doing something that seems crazy. Okay? So we see the word first. Let me just throw a little nugget in here real quick. The Bible says when we tithe our money to the Lord, it's called first fruits. And so this woman got a word from Elijah the prophet, and he says, I see need, but if you want your need to be taken care of, I need you to give what's mine to me first. He's teaching her a principle, and she's listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit too. And, and, and it's one of the things we learn with our things that we have from God is that everything we have is God's. And I've learned over the years, not only with my own personal finances, but with the finances of the church that God has always allowed me to be a part of, I have to pay God's bills first, and then I pay my bills after. And for 24 years, I've seen God take care of his bills and my bills. See, some of y'all have gotten this. Some of you are getting it, and some of you are still waiting to get it. And I hope you get it. There's a principle about first. So this woman now, now the script switches. Now she's on the need side of having to do something crazy. So she hears this word from her, from him. It says, go and do as you said, verse 13, make me a small cake from it first bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and for your son don't read on pay attention think about this she just said i have enough for a cake for me and my son we're gonna eat it we're gonna die it wasn't a very big cake he says do as you said but give me cake first and then you're gonna go make cake for you and your son God's provision always comes out of nothing. God's provision, write that down. God's provision always comes from nothing. It started when he started the world. It was darkness, and he said, let there be light, and light came from nothing. And he created the world from nothing. That's what makes people scratch their heads. That's what makes people go crazy. God, how can there be something from nothing? Because God is God. Period. I don't understand it. Well, who made God? Nobody. He was just there. Amen? He was just there. He was. He always was. He always is. He always will be. Amen? He was, he is, he always will be. He's there. 
He's God. He made, he always makes something from nothing. And he wants us to believe that he can make something from nothing. And, and I want to tell you something to encourage you and discourage you and encourage you again. Okay? Encourage and discourage. They're called the good and the bad. The good, the, the discouragement first. I'll give you the bad news first. The discouragement is, after 24 years of serving God, I still go through trials all the time. I still have lack all the time. I still have to live by faith all the time. All the time. Every month, it seems like. That's the the bad news. The good news is, every time, God comes through. Every time, God comes through. I need something, he does a miracle. I'm I'm broke, he comes through. I, I I need a miracle in my body, he comes through. Every time. So the good news is he's going to come through. The bad news is you're not going to graduate to a place where you have no problems. That's one of the reasons a lot of people don't make it in the gospel. Because you're going to realize you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have times where there's much, and you're going to have times where there's little. And I mentioned at this conference, God wants us to be happy with much or with little and not change. He wants us to be the same. So he says, I want you to make a cake for me. I want you to bring it to me. And then after you can make some for yourself and your son, and then he gives a word to her, and I'm giving a word to you, and I'm giving a word to us. He says, the Lord God of Israel says, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. I want to tell you that you might have struggles and you might have trials, but the Bible says and the Lord says you will not lack one day until God comes back for us, amen. He will provide for us. He will provide. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. See, that's the answer you got to do. And we heard a lot of times this time at a conference, do it scared. Just do it scared. Well, I'm scared to step out. Just do it scared. Amen? Though none go with me, I'm going to follow. If God is with me, who can be against me? You just do it. So she went away and did according to the word of, of Elijah, verse 15. And she and her household, watch this, he, she and her household ate for many days. And the word of the Lord came to pass. Look, she, the flour of, was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. I want to see some honest hands in here of some people who've had some years of experience serving God and have seen God come through time and time and time again, over and over in your life. Look at those hands. Look around. Look at those hands. Over and over again. Amen. Time. Thank you. You Put your hands up. Time and time again, God has come through. You know why I do that? For you to be able to look around and say, okay, if if God did it for them, God can do it for me. If God provided for her or him, God can provide for me. Amen. God does not love me more than you or you more than me or her more than him or him more than her. He loves us all the same. The only difference between the victory and the defeat we walk in is the lack of faith or the faith we have. That's the difference. That's what sets people apart. Some people sit back and say, I just can't believe that. I just, I just don't, I just don't, and that's why they stay where they stay. 
other people, something just rises up in their spirit and says, would you just believe me at my word? And they say, I'm going to believe. And then God provides and then faith arises in them and they begin to see God do miracle after miracle after miracle. And then we realize this, that after the blessing and the miracle, another test comes. And then after the test comes, we get a victory. And then after the victory, another battle comes. Some of y'all might get tired of me saying that, and some of you might thank me that I say it all the time because it's the truth, amen? We go from victory to, to, to another battle, from another battle to another victory, from a victory to another battle. But how many noticed I never said a defeat in there, amen? We always are going to win. We just have to stay in the fight because Jesus cannot lose, hallelujah. He cannot lose if we stay in his will and listen to his voice. So the story goes on, verse 17. Oh, write this down real quick. Number two, the, this is number two, the bread is the provision. Now I want you to write this down too. I'm going to give you a few nuggets here if you're taking notes. I want you to pay attention to this. God will remove something from you if you do not appreciate it. If you don't appreciate what you have, God will take it. That, that's the truth. God wants us to appreciate and be thankful for what we have. How many have ever learned in your life that when you don't appreciate something or you don't appreciate something till you lose it? Sometimes we say, man, I had no idea what I had until I lost it. And God will remove, God says, you know what, I, I, I'm going to give this to someone who appreciates it. I'll take it from this, I'll take this, I had a plan for this person, I had provision for this person, I had great and mighty things, but they don't, they don't appreciate it. So I'm going to take this, and I'm going to give it to somebody else. Don't, don't, let, don't let that happen to you. Be thankful. Be thankful for God's provision. And understand that God has what you need. And you have what God wants you to have. Amen. Learn to walk in that provision. And if we trust God in his provision, we will see the miraculous. Not a blade of grass moves without God's permission. Not a blade of grass blows in the wind without God's permission. And I want you to write this down. We will see more miracles if we will just trust God. That's the truth. Sometimes we say, how come we're not seeing miracles? How come we're not seeing this? How come we're not seeing that? Because we're not trusting God. We need to trust God. When we trust God, God will provide. Here's another thing to write down. It's something I've learned over the years. God rarely tells us how. He rarely tells us how. He just tells us he will. I'm going to get that. He very rarely tells us, this is the A, this is the B, this is the C, this is the D. This is this. He just tells us, I'll do it. You just step out, just obey, just listen to what I'm saying. Now, the last thing we're going to see here is we're going to see this boy. We see Elijah being tested. We see Elijah obeying. We see Elijah going through the test and then getting provision from the brook, from the ravens, then from the widow. He gets provision from her. And so we see him getting his test and getting his victory. Now the woman gets her test and she gets her victory. She, her test is to give Elijah that food when it's her last meal. Her victory is that food comes for a long time and the provision's there. But then that one test ends 
and another one starts. Read on with me. Verse 17. Now it happened, after those things, that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick. And his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. And if anybody knows what that means, it means he died. So now this woman has gone from dying to living to losing her son. You know why we trust God? Because we say, God, though you slay me, Job said, I'll trust you. Though I don't understand what's going on, I'll trust you. God loves it when we just sit back and say, God, I don't understand what's going on, but I trust you. I don't see why this is happening, but I trust you. I don't see where this is going to come out to anything good, but I trust you. I don't understand why I've lost my house, but I trust you. I don't understand why I've lost this job, but I just trust you, Lord. I don't understand why I've been sick, but I just trust you, Lord. I don't understand why my marriage is failing. I don't understand why I don't have any money. I don't understand this. I don't understand that. And listen, it's okay to pout for a second as long as you finish your little pout session with the praise session, amen, and say, Lord, I don't understand, but I'm going to praise you anyway because you're God and you're on the throne. And oh, it gets God excited when we do that. He says, that's all I wanted in the first place. It's you just to praise me in your storm. Because I have provision for you. Is there ever a time God's going to... God, listen, there's two things. Write this down. This isn't in my notes. This is free. Two things God can't do. Two things God cannot do. Isn't that crazy? There's something God can't do? I got your attention now, huh? God, there's something God can't do. It's two things God can't do. He cannot fail. And he cannot lie. He cannot fail. And he cannot lie. That's the truth. So if his word says he'll do something, he'll do it. All the time, every time. He cannot fail. Sometimes we need to look up and do what that sister's doing right there and raise your hands to the Lord and say, Lord, you can't fail. Even when it seems like it's already failed, amen? You cannot fail, God. And that pleases God in such a way, amen? And you, it, oh, it makes the devil mad. I like to make the devil mad and God glad. I like to make God happy and the devil mad, amen? I like to make him mad. I like to make him upset with me. I'm not trying to pick a fight with him. I just don't like, I don't want the devil happy with me. There's a whole lot of people out there pleasing the devil. I want to be a God pleaser. I want to make God happy, amen? And so if I'm making God happy, I'm making the devil mad. I want to please the Lord in such a way like this woman who says her son's died. Watch verse 18. So she says to Elijah, Here's the part where the little human part. What am I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? That's just being real. She's just being real. I talked about that at the conference. That's one of the things I love about God and his word. It's real. 
she's real. She says, hey, hold on a second. I gave you food. And now I think, I don't, I don't, she starts doubting, see? I don't know if this is the right, maybe, did you bring this curse into my house? My son's dead now. And she starts questioning what God has already done. Don't do that. Don't question God. Don't, don't, don't stay there, in, in other words. Amen? You can ask the question, but don't stay there. You can be human and say, Lord, I don't understand, but don't stay there. Say, God, I don't get this. Can you explain this to me now? Can you show me? And he will. She says, I, did you come to kill my son? He says, ma'am, give me your son. So he took him out of her arms, verse 19, and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed. And then he cried out to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, my God, you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodge by killing her son. And he stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, my God, I pray that this child's soul come back to him. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son lives. And then the woman said to Elijah, now by this, I know that you are a man of God and the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. Praise God. Amen. God wants things to happen in our lives so that people around us can know that the Lord that's in our mouths is the truth. That the word that's coming out of our mouths is the truth. God will prove himself every time. The dead boy, listen, was the widow's testing. See, nobody's exempt from testing. Matter of fact, our lives are a test. Our lives are a test. God is allowing us to be tested so that we can prove his existence. And you know what? We see the humanity once again of Elijah. God, you've killed this boy while I'm here. He's in, he's, the Bible says he prays in agony. And he, 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 it wasn't like, oh, I just know this is going to happen. I just, in the name of Jesus, rise. He's in agony. He's thinking, God, what you got me into here? Please heal this boy. You know, listen, write this down too. The church gets traction or victory or growth in agony. There's something being taught nowadays that's false. There's a gospel being preached that if you have a sickness or you have a struggle or you have a trial or you have problems, you don't have faith and, and you, you don't, you, God don't love you. And that's the biggest lie in the world. Amen. You're going to have troubles. You're going to have struggles. You're going to have trials as a believer. But the and Jesus said in this world, you will have troubles and you will have tribulation. But he says the Lord will deliver you from them all. Amen. So when we go through troubles and agony and struggle, it builds the church because we're able to see somebody else hurting and then see their victory. 
See somebody else struggling and then see their victory. See somebody else fall and then sometimes we don't see their victory because they don't get back up. And so we see them fail and we see them fall and we say, I, I'm not going to do that. We learn from mistakes. That's one of the things that I've learned. I'm going to close with this over the years. God has taught me, and musicians, you can come. Don't shut me off when I say that, though. God has taught me over the years. He's been so graceful to me in the, in the, in the essence of he told me when I first got saved these words, clear as a bell. If you will listen to me and watch the things that I place in your life and the things I place around you, and you'll learn from other people's mistakes, you will not have to go through those things. He told me that when I first got saved. And I believe that's for everybody. I don't believe that was a word just for me. I've taken it, and I've believed it, and I've walked in it. And I'm telling you, God has shown me almost every kind of situation you can think of. From affairs, to drug problems, to financial problems, to sicknesses, to, to character flaws, to all kinds of different things. And God will be like, look, see that? There's the hole they fell in right there. See what that hole looks like? I say, yes, Lord. He says, that don't walk in that hole. How many know if you'll be obedient to the Holy Spirit and listen to the Holy Spirit when, he when you're at the brook and it dries up? And he says, hey, don't move. Don't move. So-and-so moved. And look where so-and-so is. Look. Yes, Lord, I see that. Now you stay there until I tell you to move. When I tell you to move, I've got a place for you to go. I've always tried in my, in my life of serving God to be in God's perfect will. Not the permissible. The permissible is a, is a place you can be too, meaning you're doing something for God, but it's not exactly where God wants you to be. I've always tried to be where God wanted me to be. And you know what that means? That means making tough decisions. That means taking the road less traveled. How many know what I'm saying? The Bible says there's a way that seems right unto man, but it leads to destruction. But there's a way that's God's way. And when we begin to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and learn from other people's mistakes, you can make it. But the bottom line is, at the end of this story of everything that happened is, is that God's doing something all the time. He's always doing something. And it's usually you and somebody else. You're affecting somebody else. Somebody else is affecting you. We're, 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 we're in a collision of souls. We're in a collision of souls in this world. We, we have the truth. We have the answer. We have the way. And God wants it to get us to get it to other people. But he's making us. He's making us in this. Think about this. I want, I want, I want, this is another thing the Lord, the Lord showed me when I was younger. What you do in public, listen to this good, what you do in public is a product of what's already been done in private. Who you are in public is a product of who you are in private. Now, we're, we can hide and put fronts on and all that stuff, but the bottom line is those things will come out. What's done in, in private will be, will be made public. 
the Bible says, if I humble myself, God exalts me. If I exalt myself, God humbles me. So when, when we're witnessing or, or we're praying for somebody, we can't go, hey, time out, freeze, stop the clock. I need to go pray so I can come back and pray for you. No, you should have already prayed in private so that you can work in public. You can't be like, hey, um, hold on a second. I need to go work on my character real quick and uh, clean some stuff up so I can come back and stand in front of you and tell you about the Lord. No, you need to work on that in private. Character, godly character is doing what, what's right when nobody's watching. And then when you're in public, those things come out. Amen? How many are following what I'm saying? So what I do in public is a product of what I've already done in private. I can't get up here. I have, I, listen, I just preached that conference for the 16th year. I've preached thousands of messages. Thousands. And I still am so nervous and so scared to preach. I sat down next to Pastor Ben Musa from Congo, who's a great friend, a great man of God, someone I highly respect. I sat down next to him Thursday night. I preached Wednesday night. He pre preached Thursday night. I sat down next to him in the prayer room, and I said, do you still get scared? He said, oh, yeah. I said, so do I. I couldn't even eat after service Wednesday night. My stomach was in a thousand knots after I was done preaching. You know why? Because I respect God's word so much that I want to get up in front of people, and I want to give God's word. I don't want to just throw something out. I want to say what God wants me to say because people's lives are hanging in the balance. I can't get up here without spending time with God. I can't get up here without spending prayer, time in prayer with the Lord. I can't get up here without having worked on my life before I, I talk to you. So what's done in public is a product of what I do in private. Amen. And we need to get back to that because that's where the real blessing comes from and the real anointing comes from because this story right here, this was between this man and this widow. Nobody else knew about it. This is something that God was working on him and something that God was working on her. Here's another thought. David, how many know David killed Goliath? We know that story. A lot of times we know the end result. I talked at this conference about Gideon. Everybody knows Gideon and all his might and all his great exploits. But most people don't know Gideon made an idol. I got done preaching that and I said, I bet 80% of the people in this place did not know that. You know why? You know why 80% of the people in that place didn't know that? I've been preaching for 24 years and that was the first time I'd ever seen it. It's amazing how much you find stuff new, how long you've been preaching. I got that right before I preached. And the Lord showed me that. And I've read it before, but I never saw that Gideon. How many have heard that name, Gideon? Gideon with his mighty men, the one that took 32,000 down to 300. I preached about him a couple weeks ago. He went and made an idol and caused his family to stumble. So we see all these, these, these failures and these things that go wrong, and we don't understand. Look, God shows that. God could have left the failures out, but he puts them in there to show us that we're human, that we make mistakes, but that what we do in public is a product of who we are in private. So we see David kill Goliath. Every kid in that Sunday school knows that story. Anybody who's raised, even if you were drugged to church by your grandparents, 
And when you're a kid, you've heard that story. David and Goliath. But you know what? David, before he ever killed Goliath, he killed a bear and a lion by himself when nobody was watching. Right? He's out by himself, and a lion comes. He kills a lion and a bear with his bare hands by himself. And say, people say, oh, wow, he defeated Goliath. They didn't know what David had done in private. It was the reason he could kill Goliath in public. So if you want to see God start doing stuff in your life, here's the moral of the story. Start working on your private walk. Don't just worship God when we're here at church. Don't, don't just be like, oh, they're watching. No, 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 Pray. No, pray in private. Worship in private. Read your word in private. Make face of step in private. Do things that nobody else is watching, nobody else is seeing, nobody else is doing. And then don't get jealous or mad when you see somebody get blessed because, listen, those blessings don't come by accident. They come by what's been done in private. Amen. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, this morning that the righteous do not have to fear failure. And, Lord, we are righteous this morning in you. Father, all kinds of needs are represented in this place this morning. All kinds of situations are here. All kinds of levels of faith are are in this place today. God, but you're the Lord of them all. You're the Lord of them all. You're the Lord of the harvest this morning. Lord, you know everyone here by name. You know, Lord, how many hairs are on our head. You know what we ate for breakfast. You know what we're going to do tomorrow. You know everything about us. And, Lord, you've got a plan for us this morning. There might be some people in here this morning. You think, God, God can't have a plan for me. You don't have no idea what I've done. I don't need to know what you've done. God does, and God still has a plan. His ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts, but he has a plan. How many all over this place this morning, before we open up the altar for a few minutes of prayer, would be honest with God? See, this is where it's private. This is where it's you and God, your heart and God's heart. Nobody else could be honest with God and say, you know what, preacher, I don't know Jesus this morning as my Lord and Savior. I'm not 100% sure this morning what would happen if I died. If I passed into eternity, that boy, the Bible says, breathed his last breath. Where would you spend eternity this morning if you breathed your last breath? The Bible tells me Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he said, no man comes unto the Father except through me. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the mediator between man and God. Jesus died on the cross for your sins, living that perfect life. And today, he wants to write your name in the book of life. He wants you to be with him in heaven forever. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He wants you to be saved this morning. Saved from what? Separation from God how many this morning would be honest between you and God and say would you pray for me right now I need to make a decision to ask Jesus into my heart
Just put your hand up and put it right back down. God bless you. God bless you. All over this place, how many more? I'm not sure this morning. God bless you, young lady. God bless you. God sees your hand. How many more? I want to wait. God bless you. Praise God. God bless you. Amen. God sees your heart. Listen, this isn't a this isn't something to embarrass you. This is something to tell you. God loves you so much that he has you at this service this morning. And just as he provided for Elijah and just as he provided for that widow, he is providing a way for you this morning. You know, he provided salvation. Romans 5.8 says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. What kind of person dies for somebody that's not worthy of that death? What kind of person dies for somebody and gives their life for somebody with the knowledge that they will not even accept them? God does. He loves you this morning. He's provided a way for you this morning. As we stand all over this place, the Holy Spirit of the living God is touching hearts right now. 24 years ago, this past Tuesday, he touched mine. He touched my heart. And I said, Jesus, I'm not running from you anymore. I want to be saved. I want to give my life to you, Jesus. I want to, I want to know what, what you have for me. You know how amazing it is to think that the God of this universe loves you? It's amazing. Kristen was telling me about this girl who had been missing for a few hours from the house and the mom got real worried. She was in a storm. She was supposed to be coming back home from a friend's house and she wasn't there and it was storming bad. So she began to walk out and try to find her, went down the road and was looking ahead and worried. Finally saw her. It was lightning and thundering. Saw her off in the distance, pouring rain and lightning was striking. And every time the lightning would strike, her daughter would stop and smile. And that happened several times until she got to her. She finally got to her and she said, Honey, why, do you, why are you smiling every time it lightnings? And she says, God's taking my picture and I'm just smiling. That's how, that's how God wants us to see him. That he's that real, he's that big, he's that powerful, but he's that intimate too. That he loves us enough to take our picture. Childlike faith. It's real. How many have seen God change your life in this place this morning? Listen, we could take all day passing this thing around to hear the testimonies and the miracles. And you're here and you're saying, man, God, can you do that for me? And I say, yes, he can. Yes, he can. If If you're here and you don't know for sure, listen, you're not the only one this morning. You're not sure you're saved. Maybe you didn't even raise your hand. But something inside your heart, right here, the the spirit of your heart, not your physical heart, but your spiritual heart is saying, you need to change today. Today's your day. Don't wait till tomorrow. If you did that or you raised your hand, would you do one more thing? Would you be bold and just step out of your seat and come down here and stand with me? I'll stand right here wait for you. You raised your hand. Just come out. Just come out quickly. Amen. Just come out and let me pray with you. Your hands went up. Come on. How many more? Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know you need to come. This this is for people who have never 
made a public confession. Amen. Come on, let's keep let's keep clapping. Let's let them come. Praise God. Let's make sure they make that confession. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not positive. Amen. Maybe you said the prayer and you've backslidden like the prodigal son. Maybe you were a little, you know, I got saved the first time when I was nine. Nine years old, I remember being at, at, a, at, a, at a camp and I gave my life to the Lord. I believed. And then I went from those years all through high school seeing a lot of bad examples and seeing a lot of bad things and I, and I went off on the wrong path. I always tell people, I wish I'd have had somebody in, young in my life at that time. My parents did a good job. They took me to church. But I wish I'd have had somebody my age, somebody a little older that I could relate to to tell me, man, you listen, this path you're going on is bad. And I just thank God his grace kept me in those years of rebellion. But listen, I'll tell you something that I'm 100% sure about. If I'd have died when, when I was in high school, I'd be in hell today. There's no doubt about that. I left God. I rejected God. I always loved him. I never stopped loving God. I never stopped believing. Y'all listening to me? This is for somebody here this morning. I never stopped believing. I would come home from a party. And it's always hard for me to talk about these things. And I don't ever go into details because I have my two daughters there. That have been so good. Thank God. But I'm ashamed of a lot of the things I did. I'd come home from a party, sneaking out the house. My mom doesn't, she still can't believe that I was a bad person. I had her fooled. And I'd get home from a party at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I would cry in my bedroom because I knew I was not living right. But sin had me. Sin had me. And I was making the daily decision to choose sin over God. There's not going to be any excuses in heaven, church. They're not going to work. They're not going to fly. They can fly here. They'll work here. They'll work with your parents. They'll work with your job. They'll work, they'll work here. They don't work with God. There'll be no excuse that'll work with God. I would have been in hell today if it wasn't for his grace because I was not saved. I believed and I loved so I believe God, I love God. God says, if you love me, obey my commandments. That's what he says. If you love me, obey my commandments. So I'm going to give five more seconds. You're not sure. Maybe you said the prayer. This isn't about some baptism you did as a kid. It's not about some confession you did. It's not about some membership cards you signed. It's about, are you ready to stand before a living, holy God? I'm going to say this prayer right now and ask Jesus to come in and be Lord of our lives. Amen. God's doing a work in your life right now, young lady. He's touching you right now. Amen. That's God. That's God. This is God's forgiveness. Just let him touch you. He loves you. Amen. He's doing a work. Lord Jesus, say this with me. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the son of the living God. I believe you came down from heaven and became sin for me so that I could be forgiven. Jesus, you're the answer 
You're the way. You're the truth. You're the life. I believe in you. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And because of that, I'm saved. Jesus, forgive me for all of my sins. Wash me clean with your blood. Make me a new creation today. Help me start new and fresh with a new beginning. And I ask you to write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name. And devil, I'm not serving you anymore. I don't live for you anymore. You cannot lie to me or deceive me or trick me or fool me or pull on me. Get out of my life. Jesus is my Lord from this day forward. In the name of Jesus, amen. The Bible says angels are rejoicing in heaven right now. As we close, I want you to stay where you're at. I want to do one more thing. Just begin to sing, and I want to ask this morning if anybody needs a miracle. I want to pray for you this morning. Physical, mental. What does that mean? Physical means you, you're, you're hurting right now physically. You need a touch. It's mental, you're battling depression. It meant financial. Maybe you are in big trouble financially. You need a miracle. Maybe you need a marital miracle. Maybe you need a uh, relationship miracle. I don't know what your thing is this morning, but I know that maybe you have an addiction. There's something that's got you bound, and you need a deliverance this morning. God's, God's going to touch you. Listen, his power is here. And, I'll, and I don't even have to pray for you. I don't even have to touch you. We're just going to pray at this altar. God's going to touch you this morning. So as we begin to sing, if it's any of those things, just come find a place here. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for a specific for miracles today. Specifically for miracles. going to give a few moments for you to come. We're going to pray for miracles this morning. We're going to pray for breakthrough. We're going to pray for breakthrough this morning. And as they're singing this right now, you can say, God, help me to be used. Help me to step out. Help me to be bold. Help me to, to listen to your voice. Help me to do what only you can do in me. God, use me. Use my life this morning. Use me to be that widow. Use me to be Elijah. Use me not to be afraid this morning of failure or struggles or problems. Help me this morning, God. Take my life. Take my hands. Take my feet, Lord. If you can do anything, if you can use anything, you can use me, God. Yes. Come on, just pray. Just talk to God in your own way this morning. power of God to heal is here. The power of God to deliver is here. The power of God to set you free is here this morning. Yes. Come on, the presence of the Lord is here. Don't be in a hurry. 
Don't be in a hurry. God wants to meet you right where you're at this morning. God wants to touch you right where you're at this morning. We're going to pray right now as they're singing this song. I want you to sing, say this with me, Lord Jesus. You know my need. Physical, mental, spiritual, financial. I believe in your word. Touch me right now. Deliver me right now. Heal me right now. Set me free right now. Answer my call. Meet my need. Show me your power. In Jesus' name, I receive. Come on, say it. I receive. I receive. I receive God's healing, God's deliverance, God's power in my life from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. God's touching some people right now as that healing rain is here, as his presence is here. Let him touch you right now. Let that depression leave your mind right now. Let that physical ailment leave your body right now. The Bible says he was, he was scarred. He was bruised for your iniquities, for your sins, for your pain. Right now, receive that healing power in Jesus' name. He knows, he knows, he knows. God knows this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, just thank him. Healing rain is in this place this morning. Healing rain. Yes, God, heal us this morning. Heal us this morning, Jesus. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by your spirit, says the Lord God of hosts. Lord, we thank you for your touch right now. Lord, we thank you for your power right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Break through. Push through. Yes, God.
now. Just receive your healing right now. Just thank him for it. He's real. He's real. He's real. His power is real this morning. Lord, you know the needs in the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you. Just lift our hands all over this place. Not afraid. Not afraid. Healing rain. Healing rain is falling down. Healing rain is falling down. Not afraid. Oh, I'm not afraid. Healing rain is falling down. Is falling down. Not afraid. Come on, let's sing it. I'm not afraid. Healing rain. Oh, healing rain is falling down. Not afraid. 
falling down. Healing rain is falling down. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Healing rain is falling down. Healing rain is falling down. Oh, I'm not afraid. Let it rain, Lord God, in this place. Let it rain in this place, God. Come on, just lift your hands. Wait on the Lord. The floodgates of hell. 